of peace going around. Peace of Christ to you too. Yeah. <laughs> well, today uh, we continue, actually conclude our um, uh, walking through some of the scriptures about praying together and particularly how the, the, the church comes together and uh, praise with with one another and the the, the power and we'll talk even further today about the the power that God has given to the church um, and uh, calls for the church to pray together to um, uh, live into that authority and power that God has given uh, to us Um, and one of the uh, ways that we've been doing that is we've been having uh, prayer cards prayer covenant cards and folks would fill those out and then find somebody else and they would exchange their cards and then pray for each other for the last month. And um, it's always a blessing to me to have folks say, you know, this is what, um, this is how God used that little card um, that you gave us. And had two instances this week where folks said, you know, what God had me do was find the person that I had some challenges with, where we had sort of rubbed each other the wrong way, and he had me exchange cards with that person. And and in two occasions, just said, you know, that brought just a real sense of peace and beauty to the body. And uh, I'm like, that's what the church is to be about, and that's what this kind of Prayer, or we praying for one another, is supposed to do. So, um, thank you for the ways that you've taken that and, and used that, and the ways that God allowed God to use that in you. And today, what we're, we're going to continue to talk about are those kind of prayers that are that are Jesus shaped prayers. You know, they're 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 God satisfying prayers. They're 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 Holy Spirit streaming kind. Of prayers, and we'll we'll see how Jesus speaks to that in uh, John chapter fourteen, um, verse twelve is where we'll, we'll start, and it's in this time that Jesus is, is talking to his disciples, and he's about to go um, to uh, the cross, and so he's he's now passing on some of the final information um, to to them, and one of the the main points is the. The power of God's people praying together and, and what that means, what that looks like, and what hinders that prayer. So John chapter 14, starting with verse 12, it's on 877 in your pew Bible. Um, let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for your living spirit um, in us and among us. And we ask now that you would take these two and and that you would bring to us your truth, your grace, your goodness, your beauty, the the power and authority that you've vested in us, that you've given to us. Speak to us about that. Convict us of ways that we hinder our prayers with, with you. And show us, give us a picture of of, of your desire for your church. And what it means for us to pray together. 
In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, John chapter 14, starting with verse, verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The the, the first thing that you hear Jesus saying in, in this passage is that the church, the people he has gathered together, so the folks that are with him right there as he's about to go to the cross, say, now, I'm leaving, but now I'm handing the baton to you because you, the you collection of my followers, you're now going to continue to do my works. And you will even do greater works than these. This is the first of the outlandish statements that Jesus makes in our passage, Right? I mean, we now, he's now entrusted with us to do the works that Jesus was doing and even greater than him. Now, even if we understand greater to be not greater than in terms of uh, more powerful or more beautiful, but even maybe more numerous. Even if we say it'll be greater in number, that we can grasp because, you know, what did Jesus do? Jesus preached to thousands. He, he connected thousands to God. He, he told them of God's grace and mercy. And he, he passed that on to others so that they would receive God's forgiveness. And he did that to thousands and thousands in his three years. That's what he tells us we get to do. I mean, we're supposed to do those same works now. To, to share that good news. So that others would connect with their living God. He fed thousands and thousands. So, too, are we to to continue to carry on that feeding in in body, mind, and soul. I mean, Jesus brought words of truth. He commanded His people. And so, too, are we to share those words of truth. He, He warned people, don't do that. That leads to hell. That's playing with the devil. Remember, He said, there's sheep and there's goats. I mean, he warned people, so too is the church, to carry out that same task. And today, I mean, around the world, not just thousands, but millions have gathered to hear Jesus' words, to be reminded of his wondrous grace, to sing in language after language that Jesus has indeed broken the chain. That's the the task that the church is about. To to live into the the ministry of Jesus and to continue to carry that out and to spread it out, to share it beyond and beyond, to, to bring healing to those that are sick, to bring wholeness to those that are broken, 
That's what Jesus did. And now we as His people do the same thing in the power of the Spirit and in the authority of His name. So we're called to pray that way. To pray Jesus-sized, Jesus-shaped prayers. That's what we're we're to be praying when we pray together. To to pray, and that's why the next passage is about prayer. He says, so now you've got to be praying along these lines. To be praying Jesus-shaped prayers. And I've got to admit, as I was reflecting on this, that this is the ministry that Jesus did, and this is the ministry that He's calling us to do. And there's no plan B. We are it. Yeah, and the church around the world is it. They're the one. We're, we're doing the same works as Jesus and even greater. Then we got to be praying those Jesus-shaped prayers. And I'm, I'm convicted that I pray wimpy prayers. You know, I pray more Drew-shaped prayers than Jesus-shaped prayers. Or maybe sometimes I pray more College Hill Presbyterian-shaped prayers than I pray Jesus-shaped prayers. You know, that I pray for you know, us to, to be good and healthy and, and strong. And I was like, wait a minute, that, that's a wimpy prayer. Pray that, but keep on. I mean, that, that's just maybe Jesus' right elbow. Now, if we want to pray Jesus-shaped prayers, then, then we, we pray for the world. We pray for the lost. We, we pray for, for dead to be raised to new life. We pray for those chains to be broken, really, so that people experience His grace and mercy. That's the, the Jesus-shaped prayer, the works of Jesus, and even greater than Jesus. That, that we... You know, Like Jesus, pray for entering into the mess and brokenness of the world in order to bring light, in order to bring goodness, in order to bring His righteousness, in order to bring His beauty, to to seek to live according to a peace that never fades and a joy that never falters and a faith that never fails. That's the Jesus that we're following it and that's our our prayer to be that kind of people in the mess of the world around us it's one of the things that i I love about um eco the covenant order of evangelical presbyterians the denomination that we're a part of that is set before all the churches in eco a real challenge that by 2018 you're going to be doing more baptisms than funerals like that's all and that's not a uh, uh, um, uh, a call to better physical health so that you don't die. That's a good thing to do that. Nor is it a, a call to have more babies, even though that's a good thing. But it, it's a call for, for Jesus-shaped prayer to be out there among the world sharing Jesus with folks that, that don't know Him, who are lost without Him, who are, who are headed, who are playing with the devil instead of with Jesus. Say, hey, come, come. The, the life with Jesus is abundant. He has come to seek and save the life. And He promises life and life abundant. That's, that's a Jesus-shaped prayer. That does the work that Jesus calls us to. We even have a, a sister church um, in northern Kentucky, River Valley Church. It's just starting. It's a small group of folks. We're planting a new church. And a, a couple of folks from here, about five or six folks from here, are helping them. 
They're giving Sunday afternoons to help with their children's ministry. And now the River Valley's asking, saying, you know, there's some, some other ways we can connect with you, that you can come help to plant this. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. We need to, we need to do that. We need to connect with that church and, and see what it means to plant other churches because that's what we need to be doing. Now, that's Jesus-shaped prayer. That's not a Drew-shaped prayer. Matter of fact, when I start praying that, I'm like, no, wait a minute. You know, we, we've got to take care of things here. We've got to get everything here wrapped up. And we've got everything here, you know, clean and nice And before we plant other churches. That's a Drew-shaped prayer. Where a Jesus-shaped prayer is no. But we, we've got to figure out other ways that, that the gospel, the good news, can be proclaimed and lived and carried out for others to hear and to know that's, a Jesus-shaped prayer and doing the work that Jesus did as He went from place to place to place to share that good news. It's, it's why this week is, is, or this month that uh, handed out these prayers, some more of these cards if you want them on the way out. It's a, a prayer that we, we join with thousands of Christians in the church in Cincinnati just to be praying for our city Praying that the hungry would be fed, that that the the broken would be healed, that the lost would would be found, that the homeless would find shelter. And praying that together with our brothers and sisters in Christ and continue, encourage you to continue uh, to do that. This prayer was written by a former pastor here, um, uh, Jerry Kirk. As a gift to the church you know, at large um, in the city. It's a Jesus-shaped prayer. But not only do we see here Jesus-shaped prayer, but then verse 13, 14, where he speaks specifically about praying. He says our prayers are to be Jesus-shaped and they're to be God-satisfying prayers. God-pleasing in verse 13 and 14, it's a literary technique that is used often where it's sort of you're climbing a mountain. The, the first, you get A, B, C, then B, A. You know? So it sort of goes up and down. You, you'll, you'll see that where the, the, the first step is I will do whatever you ask in my name. And then the top, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything. And he goes up and then down. So that the top, the, the third point of the, of the statement is really the point of the statement. That God's satisfying prayers are prayers that are pursuing the glory, the fame, the pleasure of God. Jesus says, you know, so you're going to do greater works than me because I'm going to the Father. And there, when I'm with the Father, I'll, anything you ask, I'll, I'll do for you so that the Father is glorified. So our, our prayers then are, are God-satisfying as they align with the very glory of God. We are a people that have been entrusted with the glory of God. 
That's what the, the, the church is. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the temple in, first, uh, in the Old Testament days was where the glory of God resides. Well, now the temple is a living temple of people who follow after Jesus. And so now that glory of God resides in us. We are a people that demonstrate the beauty and love of God. That's the power of God in us. I mean, we are, in a sense, the poster child for God. I mean, we're the Snapchat story of God to the world. That's, that's how he's, he's designed us. That's the, the privilege. That's, that's the authority. That's the position and power that he's given to us. So our, our prayers are to be in alignment with that, in, in alignment with God's glory. So God-satisfying prayer, one that Jesus says, I'm going to do it. You align yourself with the glory of God. You're praying so that the glory of God, the manifestation, the demonstration, the face of God is seen in you as a people. That's something that I will hear and I will do because that's the way that God is glorified in the world. Jesus-shaped prayer, a God-satisfying prayer, and then a spirit-streaming prayer. And it, it, this is now the I mean, because this is a pretty heavy task here, isn't it? I mean, we're we're given the privilege and responsibility of demonstrating God to the world. He says, the next part of the passage, and I'll give you the power to do it as the Spirit lives in you. Verse 15 and 16, um, highlight that. And, and by, by Spirit streaming, I had to, to, to do a little bit of explanation in the first service, um, but because by Spirit streaming, I mean, you know how like you can stream movies on, through Netflix now, you know, you can stream songs and those. Well, there's a number of folks in first service that didn't get that. So I had to go to stream in the woods. Uh, but, you know, but I, I think here you, you get that, you know, that the, the Spirit is streaming through us. You know, is, is showing forth the, the glory of God through us. That, that stream has to be flowing through it. And, and Jesus, you know, says here, if uh, in the middle of the... the this screen, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Well, that advocate is the Holy Spirit. And so then the, the, we're spirit streaming in our prayers. And it's the Spirit then that even enables us to, to pray Jesus-shaped, God-satisfying prayers. But notice... You see it even here. I'm going to focus a little bit here. That they're, they're, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You know, there is a part that we participate then in the Spirit streaming through us. Which means there are ways for us to hinder our prayers. There are ways for us to grieve the Spirit. There are ways for us to block the stream. Ways for us to limit the bandwidth. 
Because you know, when you're on Netflix and you're watching the, the movie and then something happens, something goes bad and you get that little circle going round and round and they're mid-scene, you know, right there. There's, there's ways that we limit the bandwidth of the Spirit. We buffer the Spirit. Uh, and instead of letting Him stream through us. And so you see it here in, in a big word. It's just o- obedience or disobedience. You know, there's, there's times when we, uh, when we know what God wants us to do and in our own selfishness and our own bullheadedness, we just do what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. And then there's other ways that we're unaware of what the, we're just not students of the, the Scripture to hear God's Word to us and to live into that. And we're disobedient in that way. In a particular way that has been um, uh, brought up to me in a, a number of ways over the last uh, couple of weeks, I think is particularly strong throughout Scripture that we've actually been talking about in the last couple of weeks. Way that our hinders our prayers, that buffers the spirit, is in divisiveness in our relationships, in family and in the church with one another. And scripture is clear about how that hinders our prayers, how it grieves the spirit, how it mutes the glory of God that has been entrusted to us. In, in a sense, sort of diminishes the, the, the beauty of the, the presentation of the face of God. Uh, one of the uh, passages in 1 Peter 3-7, through 7, that th- chapter 3, verse 7, that, that shows this you know, clearly, uses these exact words about how our prayers are hindered. And it's particularly around a relationship. Now, in this one, it's particularly uh, around husbands and wives. So I feel I can use this since this really uh, um, focuses on men, and I am one, um, then I'm okay to share this. But I do think that it also applies in other relationships in the family and also in the church, and you'll see why I say that. But this particularly is one where Peter is saying to husbands... In the same way, show consideration for your wives and your life together, paying honor to the woman as the weaker sex, since they too are also heirs of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing may hinder your prayers. You know, so clearly implicating uh, that... uh, we as husbands, if, if we're not fulfilling our response, God-given responsibility towards our wives, then that hinders our prayers. In the, it's in the context as well of the, the family as a whole. You know, and Jesus tells the children, you know, be sure to obey the commandment. The children should obey their parents because that's the first commandment with a promise, for then it will go well with you. you know, so in the familial relationships, the responsibility there that, that can, if we don't fulfill that God-given gift, can hinder or does hinder our prayers. 
uh, you just look the next uh, chapter over. Uh, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says something similar just around our relationships with one another. The end of all things, 4, 7, and 8, the end of all things is near. Therefore be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now again, it's why to be serious and discipline yourselves. Why that you maintain constant love for one another. It's because somehow it impacts your prayers. For, for the sake of, of your connection with God and being that, that full streaming of God's Spirit through us. And then um, finally along the same vein is in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. And, and actually you can start in the middle of chapter 2 and go all the way through chapter 4. And this is just throughout this. But I just you're welcome. I only picked three of the, the verses Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. He shares with us, this is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit in our own factions and own little groups that in the church, particularly, that in any way supersede our unity in Jesus. I mentioned this last week for those that were here. That you know, in, in the church, when we gather together for any reason other than Jesus being a first reason, whether it's musical preferences, whether it's um, uh, political preferences, or whether it's just service length preferences... If we gather together for anything uh, like that or anything else, that, that, and that's the reason we gather, rather than gathering because of the love of Jesus Christ, then we're in sin. Yeah, and we are grieving the Spirit. When we talk about other people instead of to them. You know, we're grieving the Spirit. We're hindering our, our prayers. When we, we feed into that, that bitterness that we have towards others who have wronged us even. When we feed that instead of addressing that, instead of letting the Spirit break the chain of that bitterness. And we're grieving the, the Spirit. So Spirit-streaming prayers are those that, that pursue in a radical way, in a very real, practical way, the love of Jesus for living out in us for one another. So what I want us to do now is just take three minutes here and 
in our own time, just in our own time of prayer. Be particularly sensitive to how the Spirit might be leading you. It may be, you know, that yeah, your your prayers are wimpy instead of Jesus shaped. Yeah, you know, the Spirit just to fill you up, you know, to, so that your prayers are, are Jesus shaped, or, or maybe your, your prayers are more about your dreams than God's dreams, or the American dream instead of God's dreams. Yeah, you know, and you, you you know, no, I want my, my prayer to be God satisfying. God-pleasing, not me-pleasing. Or, or it may be that you, God's brought to mind, yet here's a way that I'm blocking the stream of the Spirit, that I'm hindering you know, my, my prayer. So let's uh, take a minute, settle, play a little bit for us just in the background. We'll take three minutes and just listen to the Lord and pray. And maybe if you want to write, feel free to write. There's little pieces of paper and notes around, write on those, whatever it might be. Or just sit and listen how the Spirit would lead. Let's pray. Almighty God, we rejoice in the, the charge that you have given us, the, the responsibility, the privilege of receiving the baton from, from Jesus, now you know, continuing his work today in our own homes, our workplace, our community, our schools, our neighborhoods. And we thank you for that, that privilege and that sense of purpose and that authority and power in your Holy Spirit. Thank you. And con- continue now in the, the power of your Spirit who lives in us to 
form uh, even our, our very desire, our very, our very prayer that we, we share with you, our desire that we share with you, that it becomes more and more uh, shaped like Jesus, that it, it becomes more and more satisfying to you and becomes more and more empowered the streaming power of your Holy Spirit through us. You, you've heard our, our cries. You, you've heard the, the, the needs. Uh, you've heard the, the, the concerns. You've heard the ways that we fall short, ways that maybe we've, we've hindered or truncated our prayers or ways that we have stopped up the stream of your Spirit. Hear those cries and may your spirit have, have full sway to, to break those chains so that we might be a people who continue to carry out a, a word that breaks the chains of others, of evil and brokenness around us. Gracious God, we, we pray that um, for our brothers and sisters down at, at River Valley the Church in northern Kentucky. We, we pray that your spirit would flow and stream there in ways that there would be hundreds and hundreds coming to know you. That we continue to, to pray in our own lives as we go throughout this week that it would simply be ways that we are able to to share in honest and natural ways our love for you. And that you would so um, fill us and direct us with your your authority and your power that others would come to know you. We we lift up ourselves as a a church and the denomination that we're we're a part of and that indeed it would be about 2017 there would be more baptisms than funerals. That you'd work even ahead of our schedule. And for us as a, a community that, and a church of how to continue to, to plant other, other churches where f- other folks will hear of your good news and come and, and follow you, receive your healing hand. Continue to to fill our prayers so that they are Jesus-shaped. And thank you, Lord, for the the privilege we have of joining with global workers, folks that are living um, in other parts of the world, even in the Middle East, in Turkey, in in Iraq, and where they they are there sharing your good news. We pray for John and Laura Schindeldecker as they return back in, uh, in November, we, we pray for the, 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 the Fowlers as they work in the Middle East. We, we pray for the Callisons as they are back in Iraq now. Thank you that we're, we're a part of those, those greater works. And may you and each of them lead them to, to ways that allows your, the stream of your spirit to flow freely through them. Again, for, for your glory and for your honor. We lift up one another to you, Lord, the, the needs and concerns where we, we want your peace to be experienced, or we want your, your healing to, to be seen, all for your glory, for your joy to be lived to the fullness. 
so that your name will, will be proclaimed, that we would show forth your glory. Hear, hear the cries of just the different people that we bring before you. And continue to pray for Nancy Hemmer and, and Sue Briner, for Shannon Caton's husband, Eric, for Bob and, and Carol Schubert, Bill Phipps, for Barbara Houston. We pray your your hand to bring that healing that only you can bring so that your name will be proclaimed. That your glory will will be seen and demonstrated. And we pray, uh, Lord, uh, for your hand upon us as your your people. And we we pray uh, together that, that indeed we would do those greater works that you've called us to do. Hear us as we pray together, not not because we say these same words, but because you are forming in us a heart and a, um, a community that lives into these to the fullest for your glory. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus' no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you, no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen.